Hello and welcome to the Football Weekly Podcast. I'm your host Jordan Scott. I'm delighted to be joined by the same old faces of Brian Waters. Hello. Mike Fairclough. Good afternoon. And of course, Rainford's Alex Such. Hello Jordan. We'll start off with the random question for this week. I'll take it to Alex first and we'll go with favourite hangover food. Alex Such. Has to be the all day breakfast. All Night, day breakfast. All day breakfast. Loads of grease, nice brew. Get, get you sorted for uh, the hungover days. Would you not rather have some fresh orange juice rather than... The old cup of tea. Nah, big massive cup of tea. Two tea bags. Two tea bags. Two tea bags. Two sugars. What tea bags do you use? Uh, I'm not sure actually. Yorkshire. 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 Is it Yorkshire? Yorkshire tea. Yorkshire tea. There we go. Yeah, Brian. I can't eat. Oh really? One of the horrible. Everything I eat just seems to come back up. Lovely. So I I tend to just wither away until about eight o'clock in the evening and then attempt some tea. (laughs) If not, go the day hungry. Mike? Um, I like something greasy, Jordan, so I'm talking a sausage barm, but I'm not talking like one or sausage two... Sausage is the ones that you have to wipe your hands afterwards. Cause it's not, not, not one or two sausages, I'm talking six big six. bastards sliced in half, <laughs> buttered barm, and then a can of something fizzy, preferably a Vimto. See, I usually go for a... Preferably, I'd go for a can of Luke's Aid. Mm. <laughs> all day breakfast. Mm, can see it, yeah. Yeah, mm, yeah, nice. Yeah, we'll um, we'll go straight into the football then after that in depth talk about hangover food, and we'll start off with Evan. Alex, we're going to start off with you. How, how do you feel about starting off with Evan this week? Because unusual for, for us to start off with Evan. I think it's quite nice to. Appreciate. Bit of pressure on you, really, isn't it? To open up the show. A bit. Nothing to can handle. Just think you can take it on your shoulders? Yeah, why not? He's been to the gym. You can take anything on these traps. <laughs> yeah, on these traps. Yeah. Evan, we're beaten. Um, by Chelsea at Stamford Bridge on Saturday afternoon, 1-0. Um, I think probably may as well just start off with you, Mike. You've got over <laughs> enough written about, about um, Evan. You, you start us off. Yeah, I understand you were very frustrated, Alex, which is, which is understandable. That's um, How disappointing was it to lose the game? Uh, very disappointing. I don't think our performance warranted that sort of end to the game and that result, but we all know it's a results business and that's the main thing that matters, but... I just think, given how well we'd played and the fact that we were playing probably on the well, deformed side in the Premier League, I thought it was it was admirable how we went there trying to win the game. I think that was evident. Um, I think if we'd come away with a point, I don't think Chelsea would have had too many complaints about about dropping two points given how well we'd played. And I just think to concede in the manner that we did was uh, it was very disappointing. Did you feel that there was a bit of an <coughs> inevitability about the goal? Um, not really. I know Mourinho said last 15 they were probably the better team and I'd have to agree with that, but I don't think there was anything inevitable about inevitable about it. I don't really think, even in that last 15 when they were on top, I, don't really, I wasn't ever at a point where I was nervous or anxious that they were going to score. I thought we were dealing with whatever they were throwing at us and I just think to, to concede the way we did was, was the main thing that was disappointing. Uh, now, we'll, we will focus on my mates over at School of Science uh, a, a bit later on. Um, but just just on the game, they reckoned that uh, Everton lost shape when Osman went off, and obviously you're not a big fan of Osman. But is that something that that, that you'd uh, agree with? Um, I, I haven't really thought of it like that. But yeah, we probably did lose shape. Um, I think when he went off, um, I think it was Barkley that came on. That's probably the worst I've ever seen Ross Barkley play in an Everton shirt. I don't know. We've said we don't know if he's fit or not. And Martin, as I said, he'd rushed him back. But you'd think the amount of games he's played since he's come back, you'd think he'd be getting near to full fitness. But it seems that he isn't. I, there was one time in the second half where he got the ball, and if it had been, you know, a few months ago before Christmas, Christmas, you would have said he'd have just burst past the player and been in on goal or in at the defence, and he just got tackled straight away. He looked 
he looked slow, he looked tired, he looked like devoid of ideas. It, it was just strange, but I don't think Osman played particularly well, but I can understand what they mean in terms of keeping the formation and keeping the shape. Are you worried about his uh, dropping form? I am, actually, because he was one of the main figures you'd expect to when he come back to have made a difference. It's a bit, bit unfair and puts a bit of pressure on him given his age, but we all saw before Christmas the quality that he brings, and it would have been useful for the running if a player of that quality could have been on top form. Um, Martinez said after the game that Chelsea used every trick in the book to get the three points. Uh, do you think that was fair comment or something that was just heat at the moment? Um, I think it's fair comment. Um, there was throughout, throughout the game, they were not to, so much diving, but they knew what they were doing with certain aspects of the game. There was one that particularly annoyed me. Was I think it was Pino was on the floor. He'd been like pushed over or fouled, and Ivanovic was just kicking the ball from underneath him. And the referee stopped the game, and you could tell. I think it was Naismith was the nearest player. He was. You could tell he was under the impression that Ivanovic was just going to kick the ball back to us, and he just played it across the back four. And Chelsea carried on as normal, when really like they should have kicked the ball back to us or. If the referee wanted to at least add a you know a drop ball or something like that, I thought it was really unsporting. Then you had Mourinho and his little escapade on the pitch, which I wouldn't have minded. You know, like you can get heated, and it's not the first time we've seen managers go onto the pitch. But it was when Everton were on attack on that wing, we'd just had a throw in, and Aidan McGeady had to actually run off the pitch and run round him. I think if he'd been about, I've talked in the past about Everton, they're not cute enough, and if he'd ran into him, it would have made quite an issue out of it. The fact he was on the pitch. And obviously the free kick for the goal, I don't think it was a free kick. So, Well, let's talk about that now. Um, I've seen a lot of journalists actually say that you know maybe it was a dive, but others have said that um, Jagielka was quite naive, leaving his leg there. What do you think? I think he was naive in the fact that he just he could have just ran him down down the side of the pitch. I think he was naive in the fact that he stopped. But the fact he, that he stopped and was just stood completely still, both feet planted on the floor, shows that it wasn't a free kick. How can you trip him up if he stood still? Ramirez has just chucked his leg at him and took the hit, gone over. So, he, I can agree that he's been naive in certain aspects, but I don't think that takes it away from it being a foul or not. Do you think Ramirez has been clever in that situation, or do you think? Yeah, he has. He's yeah. he's done it before. He's got butts for diving against us before, and I think it was West. They played West Brom earlier in the season. Yeah, they were two one down, weren't they? Yeah, and he, he went down like 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 a sack of cement. He's he's just that type of player. Isn't sack he? of cement. I was going to say sack of something else, sack of but you know, or something else. Yeah. Sack of spuds. Obviously, last season Traore um, got injured before the game. Um, he was brought to the club injured. He's now injured again. Um, obviously, <coughs> what, what blow could this be? Because obviously he's brought in as cover. Lukaku got injured, so you've only got one one fit striker available now, and that happens to be our mate Nazi. Well, Lukaku was actually fit and back in training, but obviously he couldn't play on Saturday. So you'd like to think he was fit for West Ham. So we should be able to cope with having him and Naismith. But it was just disappointing, the, the timing of it more than anything. Obviously, a player can't help if he gets injured. But like we, the team got announced before an hour before the game. and You get to the game and Naismith's starting and you're like, what's going on here? It was, it was just confusing more than anything else. And I think it would have disrupted Everton a little bit. But the way we played in the first half, I thought we were the better team and it didn't seem to knock us too much. So it, it's disappointing. Just fingers crossed he can get back fit as soon as possible. When asked to predict the game um, before kickoff, I said to um, to one of the lads that I work with that I think it's going to be one of those games where everyone play well, but they're not going to be able to actually get the three points or a point at all. Um, obviously, you've just seen Jelovic score two on the weekend. Uh, I think he scored four and four now. Um, do you think that actually selling Jelovic is going to come back to to haunt you? 
Well, we were having this discussion on the way back, and I was one of the ones saying not really. Um, he, the way he was when he first came to Everton, it's just exactly the same at Hull. If he if next if they stay up in next season, he's banging him in. Then I think Martinez should probably hold his hands up and say it was a mistake to sell him. But you watch you watch I watched the highlights of Hull and Cardiff as well, and the marking was just terrible. The defending was terrible, and whenever he played for Everton, he never seemed to have those sort of opportunities afforded to him. So. I think there's a certain amount of luck in, involved. Obviously, he's still got to put the ball on the back of the net. He's still got to do the hard work. But it just seemed like Cardiff being a bit too bad, to be honest, than to read into it as Jelovic being great. Do you not feel, though, that there's no benefit in selling a player if you're not going to reinvest the money in that transfer window? Oh, yeah, it's the same old Everton doing that, isn't it? <laughs> selling someone and then just doing nothing with the money. But um, I think it, it might have been more in wanting to go with it being a World Cup year. I think if it hadn't, he probably would have stayed... It was the same at Heitinger as well. He, he got sold on a World Cup year, so I think that didn't help. But you'd like to think there wasn't really a player who interested us that much that we wanted to spend money on. And fingers crossed the money's still there in the summer and hasn't disappeared somewhere. Um, seventh in the table now, but obviously with a game in hand on, on United in six. And you <coughs> five points off fifth and 11th behind fourth. Mm. Where's a realistic finish now? Um. I think realistic it'd have to be top six. I said at the start of the season, if we finished the same place as we did last year, with it being Martinez's first year, you'd have to agree that that's been a really good season. But I think an optimistic one would still be fourth. I don't think we're out of it yet. I've said for a long time that March is the big month for us. And you look at the fixtures in March, the four league games, we should win every single game. And I think if we get 12 from 12 in March, then, yeah, it'll be a big task. But you'd like to think teams around us have dropped points and we're still in the race. Let's say that um, Everton finished the season in 7th, 6th or 5th. Do you feel that um, finishing those positions, there would be any improvements on that season? Yeah. Um, I think, given it's his first year as well, obviously there's going to be times where things aren't going for and there'll be results that you, you should get a result, but you don't. And I think just the, the manner of the season has been the most pleasing aspect. Like we've He's gone to Old Trafford, positive performance one. Outplayed Arsenal, unlucky not to get three points. Gone to Chelsea, done really well, unlucky to lose. Obviously, the Liverpool one's like just a write-off, but going away to big teams as well. I think we put a decent performance against City, but were in the end outplayed. Last season, we'd have gone to those teams and just rolled over. And I think it's just the manner we've been playing and how positive it is. And just little things like bringing on an attacking player when you're already winning instead of defending and trying to keep all of the lead. Just little things like that, it's just... It's just pleasing to see, and I think we're starting to show signs now of, oh, well, maybe next year with a little bit of this and a little bit of that would be better. Like, hopefully next year we'll play like we did at Chelsea at Tottenham, and instead of getting beat, we'll get a point or three. So I think it's more of a transitional season at the moment. Um, on that point, that leads me nicely onto the uh, section which Here I like go. to call School of Science. <coughs> Why'd you call it that? I don't know. Um... <coughs> There was a lot of, like you, similar points to, to your making, there was a lot of uh, positivity uh, around, also on Everton, aren't we, which I did have a quick look at, and, and this, this one is uh, a retweet from Everton, aren't we? They say that we continue on this road of playing football under this manager. We are going to be superb. Do you, echo, do you echo that sentiment? Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. OK. Uh, basically, uh, apart from the game, the main talking points were about the Arsenal allocation, which you've received for the FA Cup, which is... Sim- uh, the same number as Liverpool there's a lot of anger about um, simply put Everton out tr- tweeted Arsenal dickheads 
Hopefully. I'm sure that'll make him change. Did they get a reply from Arsenal? Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) But then, again, there's also a a lot of positivity around School of Science. No surprise that we've been given reduced allocation. We'll still win. (laughs) (laughs) Again, uh, when Phil goes up to lift the FA Cup, we'll be there, we'll be there. We're beating Arsenal and we're going to win the cup. What's our fucking name? <laughs> uh, and then, and quite interest, interestingly for me, um, like I, I understand all, all, all this anger towards the, the issue of um, receiving not a lot of tickets for an FA Cup game, um, but the most ridiculous argument came up on Everton, aren't we? They, they retweeted someone saying, there was no problem with people standing when Coldplay played the Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> That's a music concert. Yeah, you're not going to sit down <laughs> and go. <laughs> so that for, for me, that's a bit uh, and another one, um, which is also something you've you've spoke about. Um, the Europa League was a hot topic. Uh, School of Science. Um, unlike yourselves, they they appear to have given up on top four, right? Because they're talking a lot about um, the Europa League. In the last ten years, small clubs like Fulham and Borough have reached the Europa League final. No reason why Everton can't win it. Agree? Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Do you want me to expand? I do, actually, yeah. I, do. Um, I think it was you, Jordan, wasn't it? I was talking about when I watched Celtic in Milan. Mm. And Celtic were just completely just... You just didn't know what they were doing. Milan, who we know aren't even doing that well in the Italian league, just walked over them. And the entire time I was just sat there going, Everton and batter Celtic. And that's a Champions League game. And you've seen big big clubs in Europe, in the Europa League, get, get beaten not pick up results last week. Like I think it was Porto did the draw or get beat. Ajax got battered at home by Salzburg. And I think if Everton did get in the Europa League and they put quite a bit of effort to it and didn't took just it dismiss it, mm. yeah, took it seriously, I think we could go far. So, yeah. The thing is with the Europa League now as well, I think fair play to UEFA, they get a lot of things wrong. But if you win the Europa League now, you're actually rewarded with a Champions League spot. Yeah, that's 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 You've beat me to it, Jordan, because the guys at School of Science, they say the winners of the 2015 Europa League will get a CL place. Hashtag incentive. But I think we need to reel it all in a little bit and just remember that you have to actually qualify for the the, the Europa League first. Yeah. Um, But quite a sentimental one, uh, sentimental one, sorry, to to finish on the Europa League. Anyone who thinks that the Europa League is a hindrance to, to a club like ours is crazy. It's our goal. It's our prize. <laughs> um, now nah, I have reassessed my thoughts on the Europa League. I said, I know I've said before that it can be a hindrance, but I think if you look at it, playing Wednesday, Saturday isn't that much different to Thursday, Sunday. I think it only becomes a hindrance if you you go far in other competitions like the FA Cup or you know the Carling Cup even early season. But we can't you can't you can't say to any Evertonians, including myself, well, you'd rather not be in it than be in it. Um, I think. Travelling away, watching Everton in Europe again would be, be something really nice. And if we could go far in the competition, it'd be it'd be good for the club as well. I, I agree. I, th- I think it would be a good thing. Uh, finally, from me and the uh, School of Science boys, um, obviously there was a massive game during the week. Uh, Manchester City played Barcelona in the Champions League, uh, and of course they had something to say about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, Mike. Um, Pellegrini cost City that game with suffocating negativity, Moyes-esque. I'll throw, I throw that one to the table. I don't think. really know what they're on about because I watched the game and it looked to me as if Barcelona were just by far the better team and there was nothing City could do about it. Exactly. Alex Such for president <laughs> of the School of Science. <laughs> uh, and one last one. 
on the same game. Obviously, uh, um, Roberto Martinez was on the panel as a pundit, um, and the School of Science tweeted a picture of him saying "proud." I, I just, I just like to know what exactly w- would make you proud of your manager being a pundit on a television show about football. Don't know. Very strange. You'd think he'd just be on there because he's a manager. Exactly. Does that fill you with pride? Does it fill anyone with pride over the age of twelve? <laughs> 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 okay, uh, that, that's me done. Yeah. Just one final question: Where did Everton aren't we come from? Um, what's this one as well? What's that? Was that just name? like a war cry? I don't know. I think I was watching the Golden Vision the other day, and there's a bit where they come out of the pub, and one's walking one way, and one's walking on the other way, and the other one shout, one shouts, "What's our name?" and the other one shouts, "Everton," and just back and forth. So it might come from that. I don't know, but that's from the sixties. Well, so. thoughts on Everton aren't we, Mike? Which, which 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 um, Twitter account, in your opinions, better? Evan are we or School of Science? Better for what? It, like in terms comedy of comedy value. Comedy value, School of Science. Any others you found? Ever, Everton now we start talking about all sorts of stuff like box sets and like uh, rubbish like that. Like what times True Detective on in America? It's like, I can't talk about it on the podcast. Uh, School of Science <laughs> for uh, comedy value, definitely all day. Okay, and we move on to Manchester United, um, who got back to winning ways, beating Crystal Palace two 0 on. Saturday evening, much to the light of Brian, I'm sure. Um, Brian, obviously, Palace are a tough team to play against on the Pulis, so a real professional win. Yeah, very much so. Um, I thought we controlled the game really well in, in certain parts. Um, we were kind of Rooney and the Van Persie, Matt Yanazai front four really worked quite well together. And I think it was important that he played kind of a steady and a solid back four that have, that have been tried and tested over the last few years, especially away at such a difficult ground where they, they try to create a little bit of an atmosphere and they've got a few new signings that are doing really well under under Tony Pulis. But no, I thought we um, thought we were quite controlling in the game, limited them to very few opportunities and we could have had a couple more ourselves. So, so all in all, I was pretty happy with the performance and, and as I've said so many times on the show, can we at least try and ex- expand our performances to one or two games and, and maybe get a little bit further on? Has this been the problem with Moyes this year, the fact that he hasn't had a... You know, a solid base to work with because you've had so many injuries this season. Ferdinand's been off the team, and Vidic has been off the team. Uh, yeah, Rooney, we, Van Persie. We have had trouble with injuries, and and that obviously creates a lack of consistency with, with team selection. I mean, he's he's not he's yet to name a back to back starting eleven. He's always made one at least one change in every game that we've played. So obviously, the lack of consistency does kind of trouble you as, as a fan watching, and you don't know if everyone's gonna be fit and ready to go and, and I don't know if that comes from just a little bit of bad luck or if the, the training methods have changed and the players are, get, are trying to get used to those So, but but no I think now if we can keep our players fit and we've nestled into a decent enough position now thanks to the results going our way on the weekend obviously Everton losing Tottenham getting beat away at Norwich we're kind of finding a little bit of form hopefully and, and a good start in the Champions League on Tuesday night could, could echoes on for a, a good match um, you've mentioned there about the the team changes. Um, do you think he will change it for the next, not necessarily the Champions League game, but do you think he will change it for the uh, next Premier League game? And if he did, would you be disappointed? Um, I think if we were going to make any changes, it would be for that next Premier League game because it was a good performance on Saturday evening and the experience of those players such as Ferdinand Vidic and Van Persie up front would do as well in Athens. We've not played in Athens now since 2003, I believe when we won 2-0 in the group stages there. So I, th- I think it's obviously it's good to kind of keep the consistency levels right, but it, it would strike me as, as not strange if he did change it. He has changed it already this season. And as, as a whole, I would like to maybe prioritise the Champions League for kind of the next 
games against Olympiacos while we're starting to build our form in the Premier League and obviously we're in a decent enough position now but <coughs> as we've seen already this season our league form has let us down spectacularly and there's obviously there's there's not a lot of hope in my head for the Champions League but Moyes seems to be prioritising that a little bit more. Um, I watched the game of the United fan, the second half I managed to get back for it and obviously it was great to, to get back to winning ways but he said he was bored watching it and that United have become really predictable. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, if he says so. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it depends on which aspect you're looking at it from. I mean, it, it would be seen as boring because we're not flying in, scoring six or seven away from home anymore. We can't do that with the players that we've got at the minute. We, we play more of a methodical game where we try and keep the ball a lot be a little bit more defensive and then spring on the counter-attack and use kind of our Yanazai Mata players to create openings. The amount of times that I'd see I'd see us in a game be quite deep on the edge of our box and then suddenly we're in the Palace half and we're making things happen. I, obviously, as, as the confidence starts to grow in with the players, they'll be a little bit more expansive, but at the moment I'm more than happy for us to be considered boring by people and still pull out 2-0 victories away at a difficult team. Um, apart from, obviously, the ruined deal, um, Marwan Fellaini, big news back on the side. What do you make of his Mr. Sitter, though, didn't he? He did. Um, Aaron, no, um, like, obviously he's, not, he's only played a couple of games before he got his knock, so I'd give him time to integrate himself within the squad. He's not the player that I would have obviously liked us to have signed in the summer, but you can't grumble now he's here, and, and he was really good at Everton when I saw him play there, so give him a little bit of time and let him settle into the side. I thought he played quite long in patches. He was kind of... Palace didn't really create much going forward, and, and Shamak was working kind of back against his own goal, so Marouane didn't really have anyone to pick up in kind of the in the centre of midfield and, and he looked quite lively and quite bright and and did and gave a good account of himself. So I think he'll play on Tuesday night and it would be nice to see what he's like in the Champions League. I don't obviously against City the kind of big stage overawed him, some would say, and he didn't look that particularly great. So I wouldn't want the same happening on Tuesday and, and if he can get a decent partnership form with Carrick then it gives our front four a lot more opportunities to kind of press and, and be a little bit more creative. Is he your second best midfielder behind Carrick, or would you rather see Darren Fletcher come? Darren back to Fletcher, team? I think, only only due to the fact that he's that he's been at United a lot longer and he's got that big kind of game experience. Fellaini's not really played enough games for us for me to consider him as, as a good enough player. I said I do rate him as a footballer. He's not United le- level yet, but hopefully in two years he can get to that kind of stage. But we still obviously need someone to kind of supplement those two players in midfield because you can't expect. Carrick to be carrying us every week and you can't expect Fellaini who's growing into a top level club to be the kingpin and be the one that we want to play every week um, I was looking, I was reading through the Saturday papers and there was some contrasting rumours as you'd expect um, looking through the various papers um, the Mirror said that you'll go for in for Tony Cruz, 250000 a week and then another said that Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney's deal that he's just signed obviously £300,000 a week has taken money out of the transfer budget Um I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so because I don't think the Glazers would come out and say that they've got money to back Moyes if they didn't mean it. They've not really done that in the past, come out and said that they've got money to give to us, so I wouldn't see why they'd start now. Um, the Tony Cruz deal, obviously, would, he would, he's the one player that I would like us to sign, but given how unbelievable he was against Arsenal on Tuesday night, I don't think Bayern would really like to pass him on. Um, Do you think he would want to come? Like, not to slag United off, but why would you move? Yeah, it's, it's it seems to me why would you move anywhere from Bayern Munich? But to be fair, no, I mean, like obviously he's playing, but say for 
for example, if he wasn't getting in the team, he might want to play. Yeah, yeah. Why would he be? He seems United? to be. He seems to be really digging his heels in though about yeah. this new contract. So if United stomp the money, then I think I, I think I think the money is there, but it's just whether kind of Bayern can turn his head a little bit. Like obviously, he was really good on Tuesday night, but he obviously had a little knock in the season, and Thiago had kept him out of the team. And obviously, when Twinsteiger gets back to fitness and Javi Martinez gets back to fitness, their plethora of options is is absolutely ridiculous and and. With Cruz only being young, and it and it obviously he wants to play every game this season for it being a World Cup year. But if Bayern go and strengthen again in the summer, and the contract still isn't resolved, then I don't see why United can't step in and, and make a move for him. Well, yeah. But we're obviously kind of with the money situation as well with Rooney's deal. I, I read something really interesting from Daniel Taylor, I think, at the Guardian, who'd, who'd said that Rooney's previous deal was made up about three hundred thousand pound a week because of commercial and contract. And this deal isn't isn't kind of a raise. It's just letting people know that he's getting that amount of money added to personal appearances and stuff. So he's, I don't think he's made too much more money off us, but obviously it's still a ridiculous figure. Okay, as as Mike's just touch, touched upon there about Olympiacos on Tuesday, do you think Moyes will set up to take a draw, or do you think he's gonna try and nick a, a couple of wins? Well, Olympiacos aren't necessarily a great side. Um, there's Strikers just gone to form. Obviously, Mitroglou who was scoring all their goals, so they've they've only got really Saviola who I could who I could name in there. With things injured team. as well. Yeah, yeah they picked up in it. Yeah, they were, I was reading they obviously head of the head of the game. They have like a nineteen-year-old Nigerian lad who's leading the line for us, and he won't have played many big games. And they're twenty points clear at the top of the Greek league. So, kind of all their all their focus since the draw has come out has been on United resting players for those games. So. I wouldn't like to see him set up for a draw. They're there for the taking. They're not an elite level team in the Champions League, and and we should have no worries about going over there and getting a good, good two away goals to take back to Old Trafford, and then that'll be where the comfort comes in. Similar question to Alex. Um, Eleven points behind fourth place. Would you take the Europa League next season? No, I would not. No. No, because it's pointless. Kind of trying for a competition if you're not going to try for the Champions League. We've we've been in the Europa League before, and it was just. Nobody was up for it. Nobody was bothered. Like we struggled against Ajax. Some nice draws though. Amsterdam and yeah. Bilbao. Uh, do you think that was because you dropped down? If he was from it, in it from the start, do you think people would give it more of a chance? No, I think it'd be the same situation. I mean, like because we've obviously been in the Champions League this season, and the Europa League still wouldn't get us the players that we want as a kind of an elite level side. I know it's going to be going to be difficult to get into the Champions League, but I'm kind of I'm quietly confident that if we get a bit of a run of form going and we get some good results then we can maybe sneak back into those places but I wouldn't at this time settle for the Europa League with so much kind of 11 games to go in, in the season obviously if it gets to the end of March and we're still 7, 6 points adrift of the 4th spot then you've got to maybe look a little bit more realistically and then that's where kind of Moyes and the coaching staff and, and the kind of financial backers at United then start to make moves before the end of the season because it's pointless making a move for a player when You've already got Europa League sealed. It's obviously much more appealing if you're battling for a Champions League spot in kind of the close season and you make a little bit more judgment. But now, I, would, I wouldn't disregard it as a competition. Obviously, it, it served a lot, a lot of clubs really well, like Porto, for example, have done really well in the competition and boosted their domestic success. So, obviously, I'd, I'd still like us. If we were in it, I'd expect us to go and try and win the whole thing, but I wouldn't settle for that at this current time. I know what a lot of Liverpool fans are worried about is if we do get fourth and Man United win the Champions League. <laughs> That'd be the best thing. No, it wouldn't. <laughs>
I think, unless anyone's got anything else on Manchester United. Are Everton the only team to get away with stay, staying in the Champions League from that? Five teams. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think. Because if that had happened now, Everton would well, have been out. I know when Real Madrid won it in the 2001, was it? They got, they got kicked. Was it Real Valois or something, someone like that? Qualified for the first time in fourth place. Real Madrid finished fifth. And Real Valois got knocked out, for example, if it was then. And Real Madrid qualified. It would it'd be funny, though. It would be very funny. Well, that happened to Tottenham, didn't it, the Yeah. Yeah, and Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep, and we'll move on now to crazy things in Europe. And after the letdown of last week, where we didn't actually have a lot, um, we're back to quite a bit happening in Europe this week. So, mm-hmm. here we go. Um, Edgar Davids was back at Juventus for the Turin derby. Um, greeted as a hero as he walked out, walked around the pitch, as you'd expect. Um, Juventus won the game 1-0 thanks to our old pal Carlos Tevez. What a goal, by the way. Great goal. What a goal. And are now nine points clear. Um, at the top of that league, so going pretty well. Um, Edgar Davids has obviously just left his barn position, so oh, he's got he's got free time to do as he will, as he pleases. Um, and there's rumours that he's going to join Clarence Seedorf's Milan coaching team. So Edgar Davids and Mario Balotelli. From Barnet <laughs> to Milan. I hope, I hope that doesn't happen. That sounds like a TV know. show, that. <laughs> um, Wism Ben Yadar um, of Toulouse um, took off his Toulouse top after scoring his first goal, only to unveil another Toulouse top, the exact same one. What a joker. What does the referee do then? Eh? Well, the referee booked him. Oh, referee really? booked him in this situation, yeah. Much to the anger of one of one great goals, who said, this rule needs clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. Um, Toulouse were beaten in the game 4-2 by, by PSG, who are five points clear at the top of the French League. Um, Porto were beaten at home for the first time in the league in five years, by Estoril, um, they now sit third, four points off Benfica. Um, Benfica have got a game in hand as well, and obviously first first defeat in five years at home, some record. But the reaction to it, the reaction. There we go. Porto fans chanted at the end, "You're a disgrace," um, and <laughs> the, Porto, <laughs> the Porto players and fans need an escort away from the stadium to be protected from two hundred angry Porto fans. <laughs> there, there was someone speaking of kind of the school of science Twitter comic value there was a a kind of a, a betting guru or what did you call who, who retweeted a picture of, of a guy with a, a betting slip in his hand with Porto on it and and the kind of caption was cost Ajax their record on Thursday now Porto who's next with kind of a, a list of potential teams that he would break hearts for so just, he, he's going to lose money yeah he was, like, he was like I'll lose money and cost people their you put I bet that was bad on. for the Porto manager because I don't think they'll like him anyway. No, he, well, yeah, after the game he reportedly offered his resignation. Paolo Fonseca, which is also the name of a Porto. So. Oh, is that the manager oh, now? Look at this. I thought the I thought manager was, was the guy Everton were interested in. No, that's Benfica. No, yeah. It's not. Jorge Jesus. Porto? No, 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 no yeah, Vittor, he was, he was, was it at Porto. Yeah, Perry, yeah, he's not there anymore. Oh, I don't, he's I don't to, know where he's gone. He's gone to... Oh, well, we don't like him. So. Somewhere in the no, United No surprise that he left, is it? Did the Porto manager still wear the captain's armband? No, that was... Like, or was it, it just the one? Just him, just him being a weirdo. <sighs> like, is it, I, think, I think he's in the UAE now. I think that's what... I think, no doubt, it would have been Helton's fault. Oh. The Porto keeper. Does he still wear tracky bottoms? I think he does, yeah. Any keeper that wears tracksuit bottoms? <laughs> Helton, Gabo, Kirai. I don't trust any of them. <laughs> Peggy Arfex, is <laughs> um, Van der Hal. Also, a Verona fan dressed up as Osama Bin Laden for their match up at <laughs> So, I'm not sure whether he actually got into the ground, but that's how he was dressed outside the ground. 
A few uh, United fans had Cantona masks on. Cantona um, masks on. But I don't like, think it's the same as uh, yeah. As a t- <laughs> probably the most. Well, like looking for Eric. Yeah, because, obviously because of the thing that had happened with the, the Palace fan like 20, 20 years ago now. But the police had issued a statement saying if anyone wears a Cantona fan into the game, oh, it's, it's banned. It's banned from coming in. But obviously a few sneaked in, and one uh, one thing I saw on Twitter was. A picture of a police fan, of a policeman taking a picture of someone with a Cantona mask on. So two Cantona <laughs> fans and a policeman taking a picture, and obviously someone's just gone. I'll catch you out there. Snap. Wow. Spe- speaking of masks, uh, there's a rumor going around that Wigan fans, all all three of them, are going to turn up with Ben Watson masks when we play him in the uh, FA Cup. He's, next week. He broke his leg, hasn't he? <laughs> Has he? he double yeah, double leg fracture. Nah, he's there in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand this mask stuff. Though. I don't. I don't no. get it. Grow many no, masks. No. Um, just ask you actually about the when I think it was when Van Persie scored the penalty, a streamer on the pitch hit the line. Toilet roll, oh, yeah. toilet roll. Did that come from the United? End? Yeah, someone shot toilet roll, and the liner was desperately trying to move it away as all the United players onto us. When Naismith scored his second at Stevenage, someone chucked a burger at him. <laughs> <laughs> see it on the on the replay as well, just a bunt, just flying at him. I wonder if it was the same lines when that got hit by um, by smoke bomb. Just attracting all sorts from the stands now. Toilet roll, toilet roll, toilet roll, burger. You just spent all that money on a burger also, and you took it at Stephen Naismith. And I wonder, I wonder how much a Stevenage pie is because I think they had their um, that cheesy chips. The cheesy thing. chips, yeah. It was Can't just remember. a slice of cheese on some Did you chips. Have one that was it oh on? no, it looked too nasty for me. It oh. was just a little hut under I, the stands. Talk, it wasn't even a thing. Talking about throwing food onto pitches, we played Arsenal at Villa Park in 2003 when Paul Scholes scored. So obviously I was only 10, 9 sat on my seat and my dad had just nipped to the kiosk for a half-time pie. As he got back to his seat, we scored. So obviously he's got to pick me up with two hands, had a pie in one and just went, bad enough of that. Launched it, unopened, towards our net and just picked me up started celebrating. <laughs> so bought a pie for £4 and went, I don't, I don't want it. And we all loved Pizzagate, didn't we? Pizzagate? Yeah. yeah. Um, our friend Cinzano Crudelli um, sang the name of Adele Tarapt on the Italian station. <laughs> it's definitely worth a watch if um, if anyone wants to look at that. Um, obviously, I think when I went on to well, I don't know. Tuna. Tuna and Sampdoria, yes. Um, he's doing well there. It's wrapped. He is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and probably the least shocking news of the week: Galatasaray and Besiktas fans fighting in Istanbul. <sighs> that was never going to happen. What? Yeah. Apparently, there was a big display of. I've been trying to find it. There's big. They had a big display of um, like a massive black and white picture of Mancini. I can't find it anyway. So if anyone black and white, yeah, for Besiktas. What? They were playing Besiktas. I know, but th- I'm saying, do you know when they hold up the cards and it makes something? Oh yeah. Apparently, it made up a black and white picture of of uh, Mancini on a red background. Okay. But I, I can't find a picture. Of did, it. did 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 their game get abandoned? No. The first one. They won. Oh, the first one might have done. The, when all the fans were on the pitch, and sure. Felipe Melo got sent off and, and lifted oh, his yeah, shirt off. Yeah, 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 they did. Yeah. yeah. But Galatasaray won this one one nil. Drogba. He was on um, Talksport actually Mancini on Friday night, and um, they don't get on do they, uh, Mourinho? Because obviously Chelsea are playing Galatasaray in the week. They don't get on um, because Mourinho said you know because he won the Champions League at Inter. And oh, right, it was okay. Mancini before him. He yeah. said um, Mancini could only get to I think it was the quarter final he got Inter to, um, and it showed it basically saying like Mourinho's a better manager because he went on to win the Champions League. And uh, so Mancini said, well, it's it's a good job that. We're both not playing on uh, Wednesday or whenever it is, because there would have been some knuckles flying. Oh. Think Mancini was that type of player? <laughs> He's angry. Is it? Do you not remember him and him and Moisey's bust up? Yeah. yeah. 
Joseph Yobo in the middle, just not knowing what's going on. Flocks of Italian hair everywhere. That you did you retweet that picture of Mancini grabbing oh, someone yeah, by the throat? He was, he was throttling someone was when he? he was playing for uh, I think he was playing for Lazio at the time. And he was Fire. throttling someone. Did he play for Lazio and Roma? And Inter. Just, no, he didn't play for Roma. Lazio, Lazio. Inter. Oh, there you go. That's Sampdoria. Lazio. Lazio. But apparently, at Sampdoria, it was one of them where he was like he was the captain and mm-hmm. like, best player. So like. He'd like dictate the fans and stuff. It was, it was one of those who was like close with the ultras and like he'd, he'd go over before the game and like chat to them and then they'd all be like like singing his praises and stuff. Brilliant. Quality. Right, so we were, um, I think we move on to Liverpool then, who obviously beat Swansea 4 3. Yeah? Yeah. Great result. Resilient. Um, Not resilient. <laughs> <laughs> Not resilient at the back. Well, we'll go on to the defence, but obviously the performance wasn't as great as recent weeks, but he still came out with the three points. Yeah, I think that's probably the most pleasing thing. Obviously, we'd be full on the other week when we didn't. We weren't at our best, and we beat Swansea yesterday and scored four goals when we weren't at our best. So, um, yeah, bodes well for, um, for future matches. Brendan Rodgers had said a couple of weeks back that he'd, he'd sorted Liverpool's defence for the next ten years. Did he? Yes. Wow. Um, doesn't look it, mind school no, it in particular. Know. No, I th- I th- I'm not quite sure what's what. What goes on with scale, I think once he comes up against a, um, a powerful forward, he just seems to, to he doesn't really seem able to rise to the challenge of it. I mean, Wilfred Bonner yesterday was absolutely superb. He, he had, I think probably the 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 change of points of the game was, he, he, he didn't really look up for it. And then Agger was dribbling with the ball and he just gave him a little shoulder badge in the back, like and then stood over him as though like, um, like I'm here, like sort of thing. I'm, I'm up for it, like sort of thing. But I mean, looking at the size of him, that was enough to intimidate like most of the. Most of the crowd because he's he's absolutely huge, but um, yeah, he just he just dominated our back line yesterday. I think Aga was really poor yesterday. And it was no um, there's no surprise when he got hooked for Colo Torre with um, about 20 minutes to go. Um, so I, I'd imagine that we wouldn't see Daniel Aga for a long time. And um, I think just that that partnership now of Aga and Scales probably going to be no more. Um, <clears throat> obviously, going forward, you scored 70 goals this season in the Premier League which is the top but only four teams have kept fewer clean sheets this season now I spoke to you on the show a couple of months back and when you weren't keeping many clean sheets and you said you weren't bothered as long as you kept on scoring yeah. do you still have the same stance as the season draws to a close? I still think our defence is going to cost us the league well not cost us the league but you know it's going to cost us basically coming close to winning the league um, because as you I, I thought Johnson coming back into the team yesterday would would be you know a massive help, but um, he didn't look. He, did, he still looked unfit really, and you know obviously it's going to take time. But just thought bringing um, Sissoko to the team would help the defence, but it didn't. Even John Flanagan, who's been steady in recent weeks, looked um, looked unsure of himself. So um, I'm not too sure. I'm, like what what's going on with the defence at the minute? I'm not sure whether you know obviously in training they're spending more time just working with um, our attack movements. I know he seems to be put more emphasis on our attacking game at the minute so um but obviously I, I said like the, you know um a couple of months ago the fact that if we score more than the other team then I'm not too worried about our defence but conceding three at home to Swansea who've been pretty poor recently um was a bit of a worry to be honest. Um two things from me. Um things that I feel like watching the highlights of that game um, that I think have been important to Liverpool's like recent good form and the reason why they're still uh, holding their own in the top four First of all, the, the, the quick starts that, that you've been making, like that really seems to set you on your way. I know you conceded two shortly after, but to to have those two goals, um, I, th- I think probably uh, pushed you on to go to go and get another. Um, 
and also uh, Suarez not scoring. Some people might might look at that and think, well, you know, he's, he's obviously not the player that uh, people uh, say that he is. Um, but for me, the fact that Suarez isn't scoring many over the past what three or four games, I think it's more than that. Five, five games. Five games or go. But league, still winning games. Yeah, no, I, I think to say you're up on the first point. If you look where Raheem Sterling wins the ball, it must be about ten yards outside our box. It's a great ball, but. I think we're just ca- we're just catching defenses cold at the minute with um, with Sturridge's pace and Sterling's pace, and then you got Suarez just you know doing what doing what he does. So I think um, yeah, as you said, that that's key to, at the minute. You know, catching teams cold, and even though you know we've we, you know they pe- pegged us back from two goals, we still had that that two goal advantage that they had to get back. Um, and you know you could see that they put a lot of a lot of effort into making sure that they got got that lead back as soon as possible. Um, the second point about Suarez, I think, although he is he is still playing quite well and he's setting up um, setting up goals for for Liverpool, that's, I think it is getting to him a bit now. And I think he's that sort of player where he, he wants to get back scoring as soon as he can, um, like like probably all strikers do. But I don't think he's one of them. No matter what he says in the media and says, you know, I'm happy as long as the team's winning. I think he'd still like to be on the score sheet, and you could see that yesterday he was trying to force things, which is which is quite unlike him really, because usually he's he's um, he's quite patient in his in his build up play and. Um, you know, if, if say a nutmeg or you know a dribble's not on, he won't he won't take it on most of the time. So, um, yeah, I think for for Suarez's sake, you know, the sooner he gets back on the score sheet, the better, really. Uh, I think it's only natural, like you've seen it at City as well, which we'll go on to later. Um, Jekyll and Negredo now haven't scored for for quite a while, but it's you know strikers go through yeah. these phases. Um, two English players who again have caught the eye. Like as, as when it comes to English players, you don't want to kind of jump on the bandwagon, but over the past few weeks, uh, Henderson and um, Sterling have, have been brilliant, and for me, surely gonna gonna be going to the World Cup. Yeah, definitely. I think they probably yesterday wasn't Jordan Henderson's best game, but you know he came off the pitch and he scored two goals. And um, Brendan Rodgers has said in recent weeks the fact that um, he needs to improve on his goal scoring record because, to be honest, playing in that midfield role and getting getting forward as much as he does, you know he should be contributing more goals to the team. And um, we said there. You know, earlier um, this year on this podcast, the fact that goals do need to come from elsewhere. We can't just rely on Sturridge and Suarez to provide them every week. And you know, as long as like you know, players like Jordan Henderson, Raheem Sterling are chipping in, then you know that's only going to help us. And probably in the long run, that's only going to help Roy Hodgson and his England team. Um, just we just spoke about Suarez. Do you think while he's having a little bit of a drought, it's even more important that Sturridge is still scoring? Yeah, but I don't. I don't think. I don't, I don't think it's that important for um, you know the fact that Sturridge. Suarez and Sturridge just seems to have that, you know, you know, that telepathic connection really. Like Suarez got his head up and, you know, for just a split second and he knew exactly where Sturridge was. Lovely clip ball into him that was like just inches over, I think, Ashley Williams' head. Um and he did it. he's he's done it before against West Brom when he and he plays those lovely chip balls in. So um, you know, it is it's one of them you'd like to get you like you'd like him to get back scoring as, as soon as possible, but at the same time, you know, I think um, with Raheem Sterling as well, starting to and I suppose starting it to contribute. Who scores, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Scores. So, but Sturridge's goal scoring record, I think a lot of people need to start paying attention to that and, and give him a bit more credit than he's probably getting at the minute. While we're talking about Sturridge, I'm just going to jump in quickly. Uh, School of Science, back to the School of Science. <laughs> uh, said it for ages. Sturridge's class hashtag proper player. What will it mean to you, and what will it mean to Daniel Sturridge that they are getting the recognition from? A notorious Everton site, such as the School of Science. I think you know that, that obviously you know talking on behalf of Daniel Sturridge. That's two weeks and two now that you know they've backed us for the title. You know last week as Alex did himself, and now they're back on Daniel Sturridge. So you know that that that's great to see that you know Mayside are actually coming together to support Liverpool. And 
you know, moving moving forward, you know, I'm I'm very pleased with that. Well, that that's an interesting point actually. <laughs> I've 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 just just had a bit of a brainwave. As an Everton fan, and your feelings towards Liverpool, obviously, and mm. now the feelings towards Moyes mm. after the way he left and all, all the things that have happened afterwards. Would you rather see in the position that the teams are in now? Would you rather see Liverpool go on and win the league, or would you rather go and see Moyes completely resurrect the United season and go and win the league from this position? I don't think there's a chance United could win the league. That's not the question. Well, it's relevant because I don't think it's even possible for United to win. Sorry, then. Someone else ask a question. (laughs) Um, Well, obviously, Jordan has asked Alex about the top four. He's asked me about the top four. I presume he'll ask Mike about the title, but we'll move on to your title ambitions, Jordan. Four off the top, 11 to go. Yeah. Safe to say you're in the the cement mix, to reference Alex's little (laughs) point from before. But this month, three crucial away games. You go to Southampton on the weekend, then you come to me. Come to you, actually come to And to then house. you go to Cardiff. Yeah. If you take nine points from those, and you go into April, still in the same spot, can you win the title? I th- I, do you know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it now? I think we can win the title. He's done it. I think Finally. we can win the title. Finally. I don't see... I don't see. got no I don't money. S- <laughs> They're going to win the league. I don't see no reason no more. Um, I think, I think to be honest, the last two games, obviously, Fulham, we didn't play well, and we didn't play well against... And Swansea on the weekend, and to win those two games is 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 massive, really, because last season and the season before that, we were playing really well and not winning games. So there's been a, you know definitely you know a swing in the, in the fact that we've definitely got that winning mentality now. Um, and I, to be honest, no one really sticks out no more. I think City aren't playing that well. Um, I don't think Chelsea are great. I think Arsenal, you know, they're Arsenal. So um, I don't see no reason why we can't win the league no more. And, I think, to be honest, on that point as well, I think Brendan Rodgers deserves more credit than he's been given, um, especially amongst Liverpool fans who seem to be very reluctant to praise him. I think for, for the size of the squad that we've got and the fact that we're still in the title race um, is brilliant because at the start of the season, I think to get fourth was an achievement. So the fact that we're in the title race at this stage of the season, um, you should be definitely given more credit. Um, with you being, if we look kind of back down the table, six ahead of Tottenham now after the weekend... Is a top four place now sewn up, and would you settle for that place given the position that you're in? No, I, d- I don't think it's sewn up, and I don't think anyone would settle for it. I think obviously we spoke before about um, the worry that Manchester United that might win the European Cup, so I think it's vital now that we, you know, maybe secure third place, which is doable. You know, um, we're only four points off the top, so um, I think it's all up for grabs, and hopefully, at the very least, we can secure third. Yeah, Alex. Yeah. What have you got to say? I ask you every week to put me a question to Liverpool. You never give me one. Come on. I did. I asked him about storage. Follow-up point. I fa- I want, failed I want... to answer my question as well, which I'm very disappointed about. I want an individual question. Why are you question. disappointed? <laughs> no, do you think know. Manchester United can win the league? Again, I said it last week. I'm just going to have to assess where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to Mike. You're, you're done. You're not going to talk about Romeo Sages. Dunn, David Dunn, Richard Dunn. <laughs> we'll talk about Manchester City now. We've stayed just three points behind Chelsea. Thanks to a Yaya Torre goal. Mike, when you play teams like Stoke, are three points still all that matters? Of course it is, Jordan. Three points. You'll take that every game, wouldn't you, Alex? <laughs> every week, if someone came up to you and said, listen, son, you're going to get three points today, no, never mind the rest, you'd take it, wouldn't you, Alex? Definitely. Mm. Jordan, take it. <laughs> Brian, yes. you'd take it. Of course yeah. you would. Anything's bad, man? No. Okay. Is that it? Is that... That's it. Let's move on to the grey dawn. Jovetic picked up injuries in the game. Obviously, then Jekyll. The grey dawn did, did he? Did the grey dawn not come off for Jovetic? 
Yeah, because he was about to word. Oh, really? Okay, then. <laughs> no, 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 sorry, I, I wasn't, like, being no, 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 condescending then. It's just because... No, that, that was just my understanding, that's why he came off. You worried me. Sorry to worry you. You did. Jovic came off injured. That leaves you with... Jacko and Negredo, as you've mentioned, both haven't scored in a few games now. Is that a worry, or do you expect them to get back to goal-scoring form um, sooner rather than later? Yeah, I think I think Negredo's still. I think there's something wrong. He picked up a shoulder injury in the League Cup semi-final second leg, and I don't think he's he's not been right since then. And I think as well, um, I've heard a lot of Arsenal fans whinge on about Özil saying that um, he's not used to not having a winter break, so. I'm I'm just going to use the, the same same excuse and say that he, he's not having a winter break. Uh, but no, I think with with the performances we've seen from Negredo, he's he's been outstanding. So I, I think he's he's allowed a blip, just like all you know. Yeah. Suarez, arguably one of the best strikers uh, in in the league, um, is suffering a blip, and it it happens. Um, Jekyll, um, your mate. Yeah. Yeah. Love him, don't you? It's just it. I don't know. It's it's just frustrating. I think he's he's definitely improved um, since the last couple of years, but he's still capable of putting in a, a really shocking performance, um, like, like he did on Saturday. It's it's just lucky that he's got enough quality around him that they can drag him out out of the dirt, so to speak, and make sure that that we win these games that aren't easy to win, um, like the very similar to the game against Crystal Palace where we, we were struggling. Um, struggling to break down a team who had 10 men behind the ball not as much as Palace did in, in, fair, in fairness to Palace um, but yeah three points Miguel Delaney who's been spoken about on this show before labelled John Terry's winner against Everton as John Terry at the cop end-esque so what was Yaya Torres against Stoke in the 70th minute if you're going to give it a description um, bundled well it wasn't it wasn't his most important goal against Stoke never mind his uh, most Ooh. important at the goal. cop end John O'Shea, yes. You, you said, said John oh, you said John Terry. Oh, sorry, yeah. I apologise. John O'Shea at the cop end. John O'Shea, sorry, right. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that clears up that. Um, it was an important goal, Jordan. I'm not going to put a label on it. I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to refer back to the three points and say that Yaya Torre, um, again, like he's, he's, he's the sort of player where he, he's just decided to just turn it on. He's just decided to make a run and and that's that's it, really. That's that, that's the, the end of the story. He's... he's He's made that goal from nothing. Sorry to not put a label on it. I can't <laughs> think of one. Okay, okay. Fair cliff on the spot, and I've completely failed you. Or well, maybe just think about it, and okay. then we'll come back to it. Mm. What do you think? <laughs> it's, it's difficult when I'm getting questions thrown at me to think about one thing and then think about another, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the key theme, obviously, with what you spoke about is that three points is all that matters. I've not said that yet, but yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. That's what you're yeah, trying to say. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Obviously, you'd expect City to be better than just a 1 0 victory. Do you think. You'd expect him to score seven or eight goals every week, of course you would. Yeah, of course, yeah. Mm. Maybe four, four mm. or five. Um, how much do you think the, the game against Barcelona took out of you? Uh, yeah, I think we're, we're starting to feel the impact, really, of being in four competitions, never mind playing uh, one of the biggest games in our history um, during the week. Uh, I think it's all take, taking its toll now, which which is understandable. Um, is it, is, it hard being in, is it hard being a fan and being in four competitions? What do you mean? Is it you know? Is it tough being you know a city fan and being all four competitions? Yeah, because yeah, that's what you're trying to get at. Am I? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not about the fans being tired. I'm about the players, and it probably yeah, is yeah. tough to, to challenge in four. Is it tough to watch being in four? Absolutely not. No, it's, it's superb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, go on, sorry, Brian. Yeah, so go on. No, no. You put your hand up first. Um, I, I <laughs> came across something. Uh, earlier today before the show 
obviously you're chasing all four competitions now. And you've got Sami Nasri in your squad. Now, this week, Nasri has reflected on in 2011 when Arsenal were in the same position. Mm. And Arsenal were beaten in the League Cup final by a team who were fighting relegation. Which then prompted them to go out of the Champions League at the same spot against Barcelona. And then were knocked out of the FA Cup at the same kind of position. Is that putting any more pressure on the City squad to kind of right his wrongs and prove that they are good enough to go and win everything? Uh, I, I don't think there's probably already enough pressure there. I don't think um, one man's experiences will put any pressure on the squad. I think I think Nasri is the sort of player who will use that and learn from it. I think the fact that he's bringing it up suggests that he, he hasn't forgot it and he'll probably use it to his advantage. And I'd, I'd, I'd expect a squad... I, I don't know, you get the feeling that our squad now for... Looking at any Arsenal squad over the past five, four or five years, is a lot more professional and a lot more driven. We've probably got more winners in there than than Arsenal have got. Um, so I think, I think to, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't think that will put any more pressure on. I think, like I say, they'll probably use it, use it as a as a positive. Um, it's it's obviously it's, you know, it, it can ha- it can happen. We've seen it last year with ourselves losing the FA Cup final because there was probably players on the pitch who thought it was won. But again, we'll probably use that um, as, as a positive. Um, and to be honest, I can't really see us getting through the, getting through the Champions League now after um, Tuesday night. But it's it's not the end of the world. It's the first time we've ever been in this position. So again, it's it's all part of the experience and learning from your mistakes and such like. Let's touch on the um, Barcelona game now. Um, you were very angry after the game. Do you want to touch on on the game? And your views on yeah, um, I'd I'd like to touch on like the the British media and the way the game was the game compared to um, Arsenal, who obviously played Bayern Munich the the evening after, uh, and both games were panned out uh, very similar. Um, but for some reason, I, I really don't understand. For some reason, uh, maybe it's just me, obviously being a City fan, I feel like the world's against us. But it just I, I just got the feeling that we were doing something wrong, whereas Arsenal were doing something right. Because we defended against one of the best teams in the world, and and I thought for until Demichelis got sent off, I, th- I thought we defended really well. Demichelis himself played well. It, it's easy to turn around and say, "Oh well, it's Demichelis has been sent off. He was rubbish." Yeah, he, he might have given the ball away a few times in the first half, but you're under that much pressure. It's going to take you. It's going to take you a few minutes to get used to the pressure. And I think af- after that, I think he, he defended really well. Company outstanding as always. Um, the midfield worked hard. It was good to have Fernandinho back. Uh, the only one I would say was Kolarov. I, I, I didn't think he really added much to the game in the same way that he didn't really take much away from the game. And then, like I say, because we defended, we seemed to have been slaughtered, whereas Arsenal went out by a minute for the first 10 minutes and then after those 10 minutes, when they were obviously quite visibly knackered, um, <laughs> it, it was all by Munich. So because Arsenal had that 10-minute period, they, for some reason, executed a game plan better than we did when we were very much in that game. Um, we had plenty of efforts on goal. I think Arsenal had two efforts on goal, something something like that, against Bayern Munich. Whereas Obviously, we had, the sending off didn't help either. Exactly, whereas we had nine. And I think even when we, when we got the man sent off and we were 1-0 down, I think we were still in the game. Um, Nasri came on and, and played well. Silver had a chance. Um, Negredo had a chance. And, and, and to be honest, I really wasn't too downhearted about the performance. It was just some of the things I was reading were just, just ridiculous and some of the things I was hearing around me as well, like some some of the things that people were coming out with, was just ridiculous. I just think maybe there was a lot of pressure on City 
Mm. A lot of people say that they're the best team in the country, and obviously Barcelona are the best team in Spain. I think there was a lot of pressure on them, not just as an individual team to get a result, but more to prove that English football is at a certain level compared to Spanish football. Barcelona are a better team. There's no two ways about it. We, we knew that before we before we played them. Uh, people coming out <coughs> saying that it's the worst Barcelona team in a long time. Yeah, it probably is, but look at that team. It just shows still, how good they've been all of the years. Yeah, just look at the team. You probably swap. You know, some of the players they've got are unbelievable. Like that that midfield and full-backs like Dani Alves and Alba, brilliant. Um, and Iniesta, Xavi, Messi. You know, you can't. The list goes on. Bringing Neymar off the bench. No, I, I thought they would have gone with Messi, Neymar, and Pedro. And then you're thinking you know, you got Alexis Sanchez on the bench to come on, who would probably get into arguably any team in the Premier League. So. The one for me was um, was it Sergio Roberto? Yeah, like, yeah. Young lad comes on, just comes on slots and, yeah. in as if as if it's as not if, like yeah. a big deal. Mm. Just yeah. plays exactly the same as, as that's all the difference. Other Barcelona players. And, and I think that is you know we're, we're trying to emulate what Barcelona have done with this new academy and stuff. I think it's gonna take it's gonna take us a while. You know we've got a new manager and like I say it's the first time we've been to this stage in the Champions League. So I wasn't too downhearted whatsoever. Just just frustrated really. I've got to say, personally, I was a bit disappointed the way City set up. Personally, yeah. See, the, there was there was a lot of that as well. People saying, "Oh, I'm disappointed because I'm not. City I'm did. not saying that like shows. I'm, I was offended no. by it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was just yeah. I, thought, I thought that I didn't really understand the game plan. Is what I'm trying to say because yeah. I think the best, yeah, obviously your best chance of getting through was scoring at, mm. at, at home, and I don't think you set up to do that. But I'll, I'll ask you then. Did did you think that at nil nil we looked like we were we were going to score or not? No, I didn't think no, we did, no. But all. I didn't think Barcelona would look like scoring at the time. Exactly. And I think when you're at home, I think you know, you'd know you probably favour your chances when you're at home for the balance to shift in your favour. Like you don't know, do you? Mm-hmm. Was it, what was, when did Demacase get sent off? Was it 50-odd yeah. minutes? The hour mark, maybe. The hour mark, yeah. So you know, there's, there's half an hour there left of the game and we've got players to come off the bench like yeah. Nasri. Yeah, I've just said that Neymar was on the bench for Barcelona, but you know, the crowd would have been behind us. We would have been... We would have been I think as the game went on, Barcelona would have been not not physically tired but mentally tired, knocking the ball about, trying to break us down. That they would, probably would have tired out, and I, I would have backed us to. If anyone was going to win the game, I probably would have backed us. Okay, I'll wrap it up there on City and take us away. You've spoke for fifteen minutes, and now you can speak some more, Mike. Come I'll on, carry on. Now you're all right to finish the show once more, and I think this week we'll start with Brian Waters. Um, mine is Steve Keane. The, the former Blackburn manager. Um, he's taken a job in Brunei now, which I don't really know where it is. Me and Jordan have got contrasting views on where we think it is. It's either near India or near China. I wouldn't like to put myself on the spot and say. But it's in Asia, somewhere. He's, he, he seems to think that, that working over there with players that are considerably less talented than anyone he's ever worked with before could be getting himself back for a job in England, which is, is quite staggering considering he was linked with the Berry job when he'd left Blackburn, when Kevin Blackwell was sacked. So I'd, I'd never rated him as a manager anyway. I didn't really know him as a coach, so he can wither away in Brunei for all I care. Maybe that's Fulham's next. <laughs> Could be. There's always a role at Fulham. There's something going on. When, when, when Magat punches <laughs> Mitroglu for not running six yards ahead of himself. Steve Keane will wade in and go, oh, come on, lads. <laughs> Alex? Um, just a short one from me. Um just that corner at Crystal Palace with all, all those wannabe ultras chucking the coins and being rowdy or so they think. Uh, just not a fan of fans 
so to speak, like that. <laughs> not fans, fans. Not fans. Not fans. No, people like that, they're not, I don't know, they just, they're just not football fans to me, they just... I know what you're trying to get. You really want to swear, don't, I don't I understand, <laughs> I understand, but the fact is, the, in this country, everyone goes, ah, oh, look at Rome, look at Roman's fans, or look at Lazio's fans, they're great. And then someone tries to replicate it in this country, and everyone goes, ah, oh, yeah, but yeah. I think it's a bit different when it's coincided with the chance of we are Premier League and yeah, stuff true. like that. Okay. And uh, it's just similar That's to response. like... Just we, similar uh, to really like, well batted back there because I, I, was, I, I agree with you, but I also agree with Jordan. Yeah. So I was wondering where that was, was going to go. Oh, it's, it's Excellent. Excellent. It's just similar to places like Bolton and Aston Villa. They always have that little crowd near the away fans. And I think it's just weird at Palace that it's at the home end and they're still beat up there being a bit weird by themselves. I just don't understand it. And obviously... <laughs> And just throwing the coins at Rooney was just silly as well. So, Good back and forth, guys. Re- really terrific. Well done. Um, mine is uh, Dennis Bergkamp has had a statue unveiled at Arsenal. Um, and for me, it's sort of... This is kind of serious, Jordan. Um, because it's, <laughs> it's sort of like <laughs> taken away from... For me, a statue should be like for a true yeah. legend that has given like absolutely everything for the club and has achieved Do you approve something. of the Henri one? Oh, no. No, it, no, I don't. It, it, to be fair, I agree with him. It seems like they're just putting up a statue for anyone. For, for the sake it, of who's, it. who's next? Is Cesc Fabregas like, going to be next? At, at United, you've got Buzz, there's one for Busby and there's yeah. Busby and Ferguson. And best that, Charlton Law. That's fine because they they have it's absolutely outstanding. Like, We've got best Charlton Law as well. What they've done, right? Like just near the car park, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Liverpool. Shankly. Everton. Dixie Dean. Like, you can't really, no. you can't really argue. You can't, you can't we, argue. We, we haven't got one. And, and Only no, though. I disagree. If you was going to have one. Who would you have? Sean Goat. No. See, like that. Like, pe- people go, oh, get Ali Bernabe. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Because, because he was good for a couple of years. Is, is there anybody you think that could... I think the only one would probably be Colin Bell. Um, but again, he's, he's it's one of those, like, he didn't really have a long enough career with City because he got injured. Um, certainly no one, at this stage, there's certainly no one in the current team. So you don't agree with Henri, like, the greatest no. goal scorer they've ever had? Won, no, won, I disagree. Won, I disagree won, won a lot, apart yeah. from the, like, European stuff. Henri moved to, no, to Barcelona because he thought that exactly, Barcelona yeah. was See, a, that's a challenge. But that surely doesn't deserve a statue. Yeah. Because as a, as a football fan, you want your club, you want that player who's a statue to think that club was the best. And obviously Henri didn't think Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's a good point. George got me back. He's got no, me back. Yeah, yeah. My, nah, you're right for this week is Paul Dummett, <laughs> who stood over a free kick. And whilst, wa- whilst watching um, Match of the Day, I was thinking, what the hell is Paul Dummett doing? <laughs> stood over a free kick? Uh, so anyway, he proceeds to dummy the ball while um, Gufran hits it. And uh, I'm not being funny, but if I was Brad Guzan in goal and I was looking at the free kick, I was thinking, I only I know there's only one player that's going <laughs> to hit this ball. You probably, I mean, know, probably didn't know who dumb it was. was like, looking around this table, obviously, we've got Suarez and Gerrard, who they stood over the free yeah. kick. Manchester United have Van Persie Rooney, Baines Morales, yeah. and then you've got Yaya Torre, Silva, and you've got Vinicius <laughs> Paul Dummett, <laughs> who decides that he's going to dummy a free kick. <laughs> Did he actually run over the ball? He ran yeah. over the ball, yeah. But it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a... Like a, a run to hit it, you just ran, jumped the ball, ran it, across. It was, it was like the fit, you know, like the first time you thought, like you when you were about seven, thought I'm going to be play clever, yeah, yeah, and you, you, you know, you whisper to me, what's what you're going to do, yeah. thinking you're filming the keeper, <laughs> even though the keeper can't even see you because there's a wall in front of him. That's what it was like, and then you hit your flyaway, which cost two pounds into the nestle bush, and <laughs> that, that's what it felt like anyway. Just, but. just, just a quick question for the table. Obviously, the Euro 2016 draw was on Friday. Can you name me England's group? Yeah. I did this before. He's, he's just done it. Yeah. Jaron, come on. Pull it out the back. Estonia, Slovenia, Lithuania, San Marino, and Switzerland. Good lad. You've got it. See, we do care about England. And now we asked. 
Right, that wraps up, wraps up the show right there. Thanks for listening, and we shall see you next week.